And we're back. Tony, I can't wait to talk to you about this crazy subject, which centers around privacy. Now, you actually brought this topic to me, and I'm floored that this is even happening in today's world. So what is this? Well, this is a super interesting topic, Ranson. But I'm going to actually let you explain what this one's about. Yeah, sure. Well, I'll, I'll get right into it. So get this, guys. An estate agent has apologized after a 3D tour of a house for sale was published with an enormous amount of the owner's personal information available for everyone to see. Now, we're talking about financial paperwork, shares of dividend checks, an insurance policy document, and even an invoice for a stair lift. Now, all the account details could be visible just by zooming in. And they even left some of their family photos unblurred, which is standard practice in today's digital open house photos from the realtor and real estate agents. Now, all of this is shocking to say the least, given how much a cyber criminal can do with this information. So, Tony, I'm going to kick it back over to you. How on earth did this happen and what's your take on all this? Well, firstly, why is this a problem now? So let me just let's just go back slightly of why wasn't this a problem 10 years ago? And the reason being is actually because photography has changed, doesn't it? We've all we all carry around, even now in our pockets, we carry around 4K cameras on our phones. So 10 years ago, it would have been naturally blurred because the quality yeah. of the photograph wouldn't have been good enough. So this is a this is a technology evolving issue because technology's got so much better. And you know, the the fact that you can now zoom in and see a piece of paper on a desk from 12 feet away just shows the clarity of the clarity, the imagery that we're now we now probably actually all take for granted. Certainly. Yeah. So first it's important to note that realtors or estate agents should have yeah should notify their clients to put away personal information so prior to somebody coming into the house to take pictures and often remember that it's not the realtor that takes the pictures somebody else cuts in and does that for them but to put away all the sensitive information and in this case the the either the advice was ignored or the realtor didn't make the right judgment when uh, taking the pictures or the photographer, if it was a professional photographer, maybe hadn't been briefed that there should be no personal information on show. But secondly, the amount of data that was on display in this particular example, I mean, you just mentioned some of it there, was extremely sensitive and an ambitious cyber criminal could easily take advantage of it. And you mentioned family photos, right? Yeah. There was also pet photos with the pet's name. I heard about that. I saw that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So just think about that. How many people have passwords that relate to their pets or their family members? I think we wrote an article on Wheel of Security about that, and there's a ton. (laughs) There's a ton of people that use their pets' names or the nicknames they give their animals. So, yeah, it it would behoove everyone, realtor or the owner, to kind of keep an eye on that sensitive data. but. I mean, those are really good points, Tony. So just walk me through the process. If I were a cyber criminal and I wanted to socially engineer or take advantage of some of the things that I saw and whether that was, you know, the information on the check or the insurance policy or even just what you mentioned, the pet's name, how would they go about doing that? What's the process there? Well, start right there with the insurance policy. Maybe that's a good one to start with because insurance policies are likely to have lots of personal sensitive information on them, the policy number, the company the policy is with. And actually, you can start to build a really big picture for identity theft from something like this. So if suddenly I could actually go and maybe 
call the call the insurance company and have a conversation about the policy because I know enough information about the policy to start the conversation. So I.e. the validation is already done, isn't it, of who I am. So yeah, it could be pretty damning. But think about this. All that family all that detail. Um I mean well the one good thing was there was no post it post it notes around a screen that have passwords on it, obviously. But there's probably enough detail there that you could start to socially engineer the person or socially engineer their passwords. You know, from there, you know, fund getting funds from their bank accounts, establishing insurance of different types, uh, creating other credit records based on them or, or applying for credit cards and such like. I mean, there's just so many more ways that you could attack this person. But you could even attack the person through phishing. So now you know that... Let's let's say John, whose house it is. Now you know it's John, and he's surname Smith, and you know know where he lives, and you know he's got this insurance policy. You could send an email pretending to be an insurance broker with ex- explicit details of that policy to to them, and ask them to clarify further information. And guess what? It's going to look so real, you're going to answer. Yeah, I agree, and that. That's almost explosive in the sense of, wow, look at what they can do. But it's also just scary to maybe think that someone might not have thought to protect that, right? Before you're letting people into your house virtually, right? It's almost like saying, hey, I'm uh, I'm having an open house and I leave all of these items out. Well, you wouldn't likely leave them out during an open house. And we'll probably talk about that in a second. But let's go back to, we've talked a little bit about what the owners may or may need to do, but let's bring this back a bit. I mean... I would love to know more about the governing bodies here, specifically in the U.S., and what they provide as guidelines for photos appearing in the listing. Because as you mentioned, these cameras can capture everything. You can do 360 views. You can have a drone go through. You can have some high-resolution images posted online. And all someone will need to do is zoom in or get a close-up of it for them to really, um, well, as you said, get account information, uh, names of uh, passwords or login credentials, et cetera. So maybe let's talk a little bit about the governing bodies and their responsibilities. Sure. And uh, oh, before we go there, I mean, if this was your house, Ransom, by the way, I, I'd recommend you put away those big piles of cash you keep under that, the bed. <laughs> that'd be <But> nice. <laughs> in the US, there are, th- there are three groups involved. One is the local association. Uh, so for me, it will be the San Francisco Association of Realtors. Secondly, you've got the state association. So again, for me, that would be Californian Association of Realtors. Uh, and then you've got a no- national association of realtors. So I would assume that in most states or cities in the US, you've got this three-tier approach in much the same way. So a local association, state, and then and then national. So, and that's what's interesting. The disclosures about online privacy photographs that a buyer may see are included in the CA statewide buyer and seller advisory, which is over thirteen thousand words long. And therein might be the problem, isn't it? Because I wonder how many people actually read this. Because dense text, privacy policies, all those sorts of things, you know that people don't read anything over maybe two or 3,000 words. But it essentially states that the buyer and the seller advised uh, that there should be no information Photos concerning the property will be available. You know, they're going to be available on the internet or through social media. And let's be clear: when you post a picture of like like this on social media or on the internet, it lives on. Yes. Yeah, you know, it's not just for why the house is for sale. 
and the broker will not be responsible for removing content from MLS because actually it's pretty much impossible. As you know, people will take screenshots, people will download the picture. These platforms may have data breaches and the uh, and the pictures end up somewhere else. I mean, all sorts of things can happen once the data is out there in the public domain. But brokers do not have the expertise in this area. Let's be clear. I mean, this is their their expertise is in selling the property. Yeah. Um, not in actually massaging the photographs to make sure the photographs don't contain personal information. However, there is a responsibility here, isn't there? They are contracted to list the property and to behave responsibly. So to me, there is a responsibility here for all parties involved in listing a house. Um, And one thing we probably should touch on is what if you list the house on your own? Yeah, yeah, FISBO, right, for sale by owner. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, so, you know, I wonder whether who's actually managing that process for for those people and making them aware of it. That's a really good question. Maybe it's contained in those 13,000 words of dense and policy-laden text that uh, could make the average user's, you know, mind spin because, as you mentioned, no one's really reading all of that. But you, you bring up a really good point again, which – pertains to what the brokers and those listing agents will do. But I wonder what happens with, let's look at third parties, right? I mean, you mentioned one where one example, we're fine if the owner is selling it themselves, that's FISBO, but increasingly people are taking advantage of services like Zillow, um, Yahoo, and Realtor.com. Some are even putting their their homes on and properties on Facebook. So I would presume, I hate to assume, but I would presume each of these sites would have their own policy related to how they handle photos, right? But at some stage, the responsibility has to be behind the person that actually lists the photograph. So, yes, they may have a policy. They may actually recommend against it. They may even have technology involved that looks to make sure things like, for example, license plates, registration plates on cars are blurred because it would be fairly easy to have an algorithm that picks up that in uh, in an image. However, in the example that we're particularly talking about, you know, an insurance document on a study desk and the picture taken from kind of a back by the door of the study, yep. then is it the responsibility of one of those listing platforms to actually have zoomed in, look to see whether you can actually read the details off the piece of paper and blurred it as necessary? I think it has to be the responsibility of the person that posts the pictures. It has to be. And I would, I would certainly agree with you there. So um, I, I can only imagine how many times this has taken place. And again, maybe it's not reported or maybe it, it's being reported, but again, the owners are, um, they're being compromised, right? They're the cyber criminals have their data and now, you know, whether it's passwords, whether it's insurance information, logins, or just the personal information, those things being compromised, maybe, um, are preventing some people from even reporting themselves. Uh, but Tony, maybe, I mean, you can tell us, I know you have some stats here. What, can you tell us about how many times this has happened and potentially not even been reported? Well, that's a good good question. I mean, I know that um, I, I was highly amused by this particular article, which I sent you, which is why we're talking about it today, oh, yeah. um, purely because the, the depth and breadth of information that was particularly in this in this person's house. And actually, the, the realtor in this case, I think, used a lovely term, the uh, – private data in the virtual tour had slipped past our staff and yeah, the yeah. homeowner. I, I, you know, that term says everything. And, and and we're smiling at each other when, when talking about this because 
of course, yeah, you've, you're in the middle of a pandemic, and let's be clear, the owner probably had to go out. The realtor then comes in. <laughs> there was so there's probably so many things gone on here, oh, yeah. um, oh. and the owner approved the video, the 3D video that went around the house. So, uh, lots of people are, are to blame, but we'll consider this for a moment, though. That actually, if we think about burglaries in the U.S. Now, the yeah, a bur- the FBI reports that a home burglary happens here in the U.S. One every eighteen seconds. So, in fact, while we've been talking, I'm, yeah, that's about forty burglaries so far. Yep. I think yep. uh, some, if my math is is good. Now, in, in 2020, that equates to somewhere in the region of 4.6 million homes. Wow! wow. So, now imagine the personal data of even 10 percent. In fact, scrap the 10 percent, even one percent. Yeah, it's still 46,000 homes. So that's a big chunk of, of data and a big chunk of people that you could, you could go and do malicious things to if you've got that data. So maybe burglars that have their swag bag over the back of their uh, shoulder and are wearing the stripy jumper and the, and the mask, maybe they're doing this incorrectly. Yeah. Uh, maybe they should be sitting at home and actually looking at realtor images online yeah. <laughs> and, and burgling those people from the comfort of their own couch sure. Uh, sure. and never actually leaving home and just doing this from the photographs they can see and actually creating cybercrime. But, of course, that we are jesting here because nobody totally. should be doing this type of yeah, thing. Exactly. Um, but there is a point here, isn't there, is if somebody was to come into your home and take something, you would feel... Um, vulnerable and you would feel that somebody has been in your house and you'd feel bad and and you know how people it's a personal space in this instance somebody's in your home and they're reading your stuff but they've never stepped inside and for some reason it, it doesn't feel the same and but to me that infringement on my personal space is still there yeah, it totally is. And it's probably even more creepy to not know who that is, right? At least when you have open houses, you know who's coming in. There's usually documentation. The realtor has that person with them. You know, some places even have you put your identification down. But when you said that the example of doing it virtually from the couch or from the app, hey, that there's a level of anonymity where you wouldn't know who has your data. So it's it's, it's pretty important to be mindful. So Maybe what would you recommend, Tony, for individuals selling their home? How can they safeguard it and prevent what happened in the example you sent me from happening to them? Now, in a lot of cases, uh, as we both know, that realtors uh, will dress a property. In fact, often the owner's stuff is removed and stuff is rented and put in to make it look completely different to what it is in reality. Um, And one thing that bugs me, actually, when they do that, they always seem to take the TV out of the room to make the room look bigger. Right. Yeah, I've seen that. The first thing that. you have to do when you go into the room is go, well, where would you put the TV? Because this room doesn't have one. Because exactly. it would completely change the space. Yeah. Um, but so if the, if the, if the property is being dressed, that may be slightly different. But where the, where the property isn't dressed, yeah, you've got to make a big conscious effort to go around and depersonalize the house. That doesn't mean just removing the insurance policy from the desk and removing yesterday's uh, mail from the worktop. That actually means depersonalizing the property. 
you know, putting pictures of your neighbours up as opposed to your family pictures. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> or, or just take your picture out of the frame and, and remember when you bought the frame, there's probably a picture in it already yeah. from when we're in the store. You know, put that picture back. <laughs> sure, sure. The sample family, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the sample picture. But putting away all those documents, all, the, all that personal data. Uh, and in fact, recently, my, my neighbour uh, sold his house about six months ago. Uh, and he actually put all of his personal stuff in a backpack. So all, all of his personal correspondence and all of his personal stuff like passports and stuff like that. And we actually saw him out for a walk carrying this big pack, pack, backpack <laughs> while he was having open house for two hours. Oh, wow. That's I actually cool. asked him, what's in the, you know, why are you carrying the big backpack? And he said, oh, it's got all my personal stuff on it. I didn't want to leave it in the house. And I said, well, you could have, you could have just knocked the door and left it in our house. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted it with him. <laughs> yeah. well, and he did. And, uh, well, I don't think it dawned on him that he could just ask, yeah, he could just, yeah, be neighborly and just turn and say, could I leave this with you? But it's, but it's interesting. You've got to go through that process. Yeah, and of yeah, course, of course. he was somebody in the tech industry. He understood cybersecurity, et cetera. So he was very conscious of it. But somebody, you know, and I often talk about, you know, what would my mum do? Would my mum think about depersonalizing her house when an agent comes in? And the answer is probably not. Right. So it's for those other people. It's for the, the majority of people that wouldn't consider it. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but it can even come down to things like, for example, next to a next to a bedside or on a bedside table somebody might keep their drugs yeah and i i don't mean those you know the the the, the leisurely drugs i mean the drugs that you take to keep you healthy yeah your prescription yeah. Drugs, right yeah, sure, your sure. prescription drugs thank you yeah there you but the prescription drugs actually knowing what somebody's medical condition is from the drugs that are on their their next to their bedside could actually be an infringement on somebody's privacy. So it's important to truly depersonalize and remove everything. And actually, realtors, yeah, there's a big call to action here, isn't there? Before you have a photographer walk around, make sure that it's your responsibility. You're the one being paid to list this house. You're the one going to earn the commission. Yeah, to me, that's your responsibility to ensure it's listed in the correct fashion. You're absolutely right, and I love that too. It it puts the responsibility both on the owner, but also the realtor should should be mindful of this. Well, Tony, these are great um, pieces of advice, examples, stats, and figures. And as we have all seen in this market, in this market I'm referring to the U.S., certainly California, real estate has shown no signs of slowing down. In fact, it's going to be a very hot summer from what the projections are. So if you are listing your home, have a listen, uh, take note of what Tony has shared here. Uh, we'll put some links into the stories that we were sharing, but also there are some really good resources that can summarize what the policies are and how you can protect your privacy even further. Anything else, Tony? What are you thinking? Well, just one thing of, you know, we're talking specifically about realtor pictures here. Yeah. But yeah, this goes for any picture posted online. You know, make sure there's not personal information included in that picture. And I remember at the start of this awful pandemic, you and I had the conversation about working remotely from home to make sure there's not stuff in the background. This is the same topic. Agreed. Um, Agreed. But this is with a very different tint on it. And you mentioned the housing bubble. Apparently it never stops here because I live right here on the beach. Um the, the property here is very sought after now because everybody's realized you don't need to live in the city. 
You got that right. There you go. <laughs> Apparently, it's, uh, we're, I'm living in somewhat of a property bubble at the moment. That is great. That is great. Well, hey, uh, keep mindful of your own advice then if you do end up listing, right? <laughs> well, Tony, this has been a great one. Um, I can't wait till next week. We're going to cook up something great for our listeners. Um, but for me, I think that's all I've got for this week. Well, I think we should give them a sneak preview, actually, of what we're going to talk about. Oh, uh, yeah? Are we, okay. are we going to talk about that cryptocurrency stuff I, again? I think we're talking about crypto. We are. There it is. Cat's out of the bag. Yeah, so unless some huge happening in the world happens between now and then, you know, tune in next week for a discussion about crypto. Oh yeah, yeah. You might want you might want to you know grab grab yourself a drink for this one too. This will be a great one. Excellent. Well, thanks, Tony, and all our listeners. We'll see you next week. This is Speakeasy Security signing off. Mm-hmm.